0: We're not back back, but we're back for this week because June is a very important month. It's World Infertility Awareness Month. And we have talked so much about this and with so many of you on our social channels that we really wanted to take a second to create our own moment of awareness, especially because one of our own has had quite the journey with infertility. And she's been so open with us about that here on the podcast. So today we're gonna do a deep dive with Kayla about her story, what she's been through and what her current journey is looking like right now.
1: Her husband was in here dropping her and her daughter off for the podcast. And we got to sit down with both Kayla and John to talk about her husband's perspective on the subject of male infertility, which is often super overlooked.
2: You guys, I will do anything to get pregnant at this point or just get a baby safely in my arms. Uh, I'll do handstands after sex. (laughs) I'll jump up and down. I actually found this supplement company from a viral TikTok video called EU Natural. I will get into that later. But first, head on over to our Patreon account if you have not. It's patreon.com slash hi my name is mom. All of our 10 minute gab fest every week, bonus material. It's, we get kind of wild on there. $3 a month, super fun.
1: We are wives, entrepreneurs, entertainers, executives. And
0: at the end of the day, we are all moms. All at the same time and never in the same order. (laughs) This is, Hi, My Name is Mom, a podcast about motherhood. Here are your hosts, Jen, Corey, and Kayla. Kayla, before we jump into exactly where you are now and talk to John, would you mind just filling in our listeners, particularly our newer listeners, on a little bit of what your journey has been like?
2: Yeah. So I have a beautiful two-year-old daughter, and she was my fifth pregnancy. And then, I hate saying this out loud, I've had three pregnancies since her. And so I have seven angel babies, which is like such a... I've said that so many times, and it still gets me. Um, I think when I had Loxley, I just thought that journey was over, you know? And so I will say last February when I miscarried, it was my first pregnancy after Loxley. That was one of the hardest because it's like you have this disease and you think you healed from it. And then so you're just like blue skies all the way. And then you find out, like, you have this disease again. And that's what it felt like. It was like, oh, crap. Like, like you'd been in remission yes. and you yeah. found and, out you were, yeah. And it's like, crap. Like, no, we've already healed from this. This trauma. We're done with this chapter. Yeah, this chapter. Like, so I think, like, pregnancy loss and infertility, it's just what makes it so hard and what kind of gives you PTSD a little bit is you're constantly reliving this trauma every month with every cycle. And so I guess... For new listeners, like, a lot of my journey is overcoming this monthly trauma of not being pregnant. And I say that because it's either I'm not pregnant, or I'm pregnant, and I might have a miscarriage. And so it like my cycles are kind of a little bit traumatic for me. And I hate that because it should I'm ready to get back to like me, like Kayla, just Kayla, not hormone Kayla, not anything, because I feel like, I don't know. It's just a different version of myself.
0: I remember you saying, I don't even want to try to get pregnant because I'm scared of the loss and having to go through that again. Well,
2: I think so we had, so we got pregnant after locks. We had locks in April of 2020. And then, um, obviously we wanted another kid, but we were just in this absolute baby bliss for so long. You guys, as it should be, as Mm -hmm. it should be. Yeah. And I just, I was such like a blue skies, like sailing all the way mindset and then we got pregnant in february and we were so excited because i was to me it was just perfect it was like the perfect situation perfect story Loxley was nine months old and i thought oh my gosh i'm gonna have like my dream age gap like it's just gonna i was just so excited about it and um we were actually due um october 12th my Uh, birthday yeah yeah it's a good day and um Yeah. And so it was, it was an exciting, it was an exciting thing. And Jen, I remember being at your house when I was pregnant with that. And I knew I was pregnant, but I didn't tell you guys. And Lucy and Tom Riles just moved to town Mm -hmm. and I wasn't drinking. And I was like trying to play it all coy, like why I wasn't drinking. Did I call you out? No. Okay. I said that I, I I was drinking sparkling water, but I said that, oh, I brought a margarita from home. And I just, I brought my own cup. <laughs> and, like, Very I just, smooth. I that just pretended good. that, like, I had my own booze because you were like, why is Kayla not drinking? <laughs> That's funny. Oh, <laughs> um, but, tell. And then we lost that one. And then we were kind of expecting to get pregnant again right away. And a little... F- frustrated and so I just thought okay we're gonna have fun we're just you know gonna enjoy ourselves and uh found out last July that I was pregnant but I found out I was pregnant because I was having ectopic symptoms and I had um a life-threatening situation where I lost uh one of my fallopian tubes and um super scary I think that was the I think I mean, you guys know any listener who's listened to season three knows that like that kind of did me over for a while. I was yeah. We did an try. episode
0: called the one where Kayla almost mm-hmm. died, so um, you can listen to that. We go into that story in detail. Be, it was it was terrifying. I'd be as your curious
2: friend. to listen to that episode even now. Yeah, because I was so done with even trying to get pregnant. Like you were
0: done until we did an episode. Was it with Trish? It was with Trish, actually, and then all of a
2: sudden I was like, "Oh, I could get pregnant." Oh, Trish, where? Yeah, there's yeah, something just—I don't. Something it's so crazy. Something clicked, and I was like, "Okay, I'll try again."
0: And now you were back on that journey, which I want to talk to you about in depth. But do you think yeah. it would be? I think we should talk to John while he's here and kind of yeah. get his two cents on what it's like for him, and then we'll jump back over to where you are and how you're feeling. Okay. <laughs> John, we've heard a lot from Kayla's side, but would you mind sharing what was a moment that you remember realizing that you guys were falling into this category of dealing with infertility?
3: I think um, maybe the third time we, f- I felt that you know we might be heading towards a problem that we need to get help with. Um, I think it was. Was that the third loss? The third loss, I believe. Um, and then we, we started making a, a plan, um, you know, to get help to explore our situation. If, if we're having what could be the difficulties in, in our ability to conceive. Uh, and then um, I think once we had Loxley, we kind of thought we were behind it. And it wasn't going to be an issue later on. Mm-hmm. And then. I think the next pregnancy that we had probably hit us the most and the hardest. Where it was like, okay, this is this is repetitive, and we really need to figure out how to stop this and and get professionals to help us out.
1: I don't even know if I've ever asked you this. Have you ever gone through any kind of like separate fertility testing? Where you where you tried to identify? Oh, you have. Perimenopausal eggs, or you have a low sperm count. I don't know if those are those are true things. I'm just throwing those out yeah. as examples. Did you ever do that, either of you?
2: Um, so I went through all of my testing.
1: <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I see the and look Kayla's she's giving me. Look. Sorry. Uh oh. Sorry, John. Sorry, John. I didn't mean that.
0: <laughs> well, I will say as as I was preparing for this episode because obviously I know about a lot about what you've been through, Kayla. But I was shocked when I was when I was listening to some other podcasts uh, with some doctors speaking on this that the statistics are actually staggering there is so often a problem not just on one side or the other but on both and i was really surprised i heard one doctor say that a third of the time the issue is with the mother a third of the time it's with the father and the other third is when both have some sort of issue um so when you guys were going through these processes john do do the doctors include you in all of this or was it has it sort of all been like kayla 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 were doctors like sort of encouraging you to get in on the process
3: We had a, one of the early doctors we saw made mention that I should get checked if we were going to go through, you know, IVF. Um, And then it kind of got brought up that, you know, factor five was an issue that, you know, we were going to have to struggle with. I mean, that doctor even said we might need to go to Mexico and get the skin grafts so that we could, you know, be...
2: The immunotherapy.
3: Yeah, that. Um, Never went through with that, but... You know, at this point it's kind of we need to, you know, go all in and explore all the options and all the possibilities that, you know, could make a difference or learn what is the problem exactly and you know, try to find out, find out the answer.
1: How do you how do you as a a man deal with the loss? Like what has been your process for what has been your process for processing loss and how has that Affected you as an individual and also You guys as a couple
3: um, You know the first one Was was hard because You know you make a big deal about hey we're pregnant You get excited and then And then it's taken away From you and And then you see you know your wife struggling And you don't want To have those emotions come out And affect You know your daily life where you have To try to keep it together for everybody else a lot of the time, you know, the women have a lot of support and a big support circle, and, and the men usually don't. And so it's kind of, we, at least for me, I stuffed a lot of my feelings just trying to keep everything else run, running smoothly. Um, granted, I'm not the most emotionally capable person to take care of those internal feelings because, you know, as men, you don't really know what's going on or how how to fix those or
0: sort of like a silent pain right?
3: yeah like yeah. invisible yeah
0: well and you also have to support you know your wife who's going through the physical and hormonal ride right. right of it in addition to the emotional ride right. and right. so it's like who's the sicker person you know it's like when you're the least sick person in the house it's like right. that it's like oh well i'm i don't feel good but you have a fever so i mean <laughs> and everybody's pain is valid but it's like when everybody yeah. needs support I can see where that would be. You are the support system and that's what you want to be and are expected to be, but that doesn't really leave space for you to process your own pain.
3: Right. And, um, you know, being that right support for your wife and speaking her language and recognizing her needs is, is not an easy thing to do when you're, and everyone's, you know, hurting so much and, that's probably you know a big struggle that I went through, um, kind of focusing more on the external, and not taking care of the internal as as well as I should have.
0: And you guys have unfortunately gone through this all too many times. Um, has there ever been a point for you, especially because anybody who's listened knows that Kayla had an ectopic pregnancy that ended in an emergency surgery. When you saw that extreme, you know, when you had that surgeon calling you multiple times to tell you how it was going. Was there ever a point for you where you're like, "We're like, no, we're not doing this anymore"?
3: I think I was more concerned for her, her safety at that point, because there was about two months where I was thinking backward. There was probably a good eight to ten minutes where I wasn't quite sure if I was going to be a single dad or not because this thing was so, you know, intense. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, how often do surgeons call you in the middle of surgery multiple times to update you? But as far as, you know, we'd never really closed the door. We've had our faith that we would, you know, go where we needed to go and direct ourselves through, you know, a higher purpose. And, you know, it, we never really closed the door. We were just waiting for that next direction to be, you know, given to us.
1: One of the very first times that I met you, John, was... I'm sure you guys both remember this. I had the purple hair. <laughs> when I was, yeah. I was, I don't remember what, what do it was. You mean we in were person? working on like an HDTV or a TLC project and we were doing a casting Zoom. And I remember meeting John for the first time.
2: <laughs> I know what you're going to say. Go.
1: Do you? I know what. Is you're it doing. What you, am I going to say? No, go you, ahead. Let's do this. Is it when you go, John? Can you tell us about Kayla? And He goes, uh, uh, I love her. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that is a that's like a defining moment of our friendship because I was like, I like him. <laughs> no, but but, you called me. You are like, uh, yeah. We need to recast. <laughs> I need a little John, bit more. You need no a reason, new husband. A reason
0: his nickname is Grumpy. Yes. No. <laughs> well, but we love him. him.
1: Yes. Yeah. So okay. So here is what I do actually want to say. One of the things that really touched me was you showed me a tattoo that you got are you comfortable talking about that yeah yeah do you want to tell do you want to talk do you want to tell our listeners about it
3: well um, it needs to be added to quite a bit but <laughs> it's a, it's just a little scribble of you know um, kind of an ode to our first one for always in my heart and uh, little baby footprints and i didn't think i w- i wasn't thinking at the time that it was going to need to be expanded upon but it was just kind of a constant reminder that you know you were there you were loved and um what could have been so yeah
1: it's interesting because we as women carry these scars internally and I find it so I in some ways comforting and in other ways just like heartwarming that you did something so outwardly I don't know Money. just such, just such yeah. it was such a cool moment to yeah. see that because yeah I think a lot of men are very um they hide behind their emotions. They hide behind pain of stuff like this, especially things that are more, hum- I don't know, humbling. Is that it? Like things that just that they're deeper and harder, I think, some for some people to process. I think it's really cool that you did that. And that was a great way of, of handling it. It was a different outlet, I guess. Yeah. It's interesting because it's only been recently that women even started talking about fertility and miscarriage and loss like yeah i know in our mother's generation it was just something that wasn't discussed so to be a woman and be suffering you know is one thing because you have you know friends and they're clearly have been going through similar things but to be a man and to be one step removed from it has to be so much harder in a different way how what do you have to say to other men out there that are going through this with their partner
3: um don't stuff your feelings don't don't try to pretend everything's okay because you are going through the emotional roller coaster on your own um the, differently that not many people talk about um it's probably not the most masculine thing to talk about you know be hurting or be you know sad about this current situation but um I think you can, you can find those certain people in your life that you can reach out to and lean on when you are feeling that way. Um, And again, being honest and being open with, with your significant other really kind of cuts the burden that that is put on your shoulders.
0: What have you found for Kayla is like the best way you can support her with all this physical stuff she has to go through?
3: Listening Listening and identifying her emotions, um, and seeing the pain, and seeing what's she is um, discussing and, and what she's not. Her, um, you know, body language. Read that and try to try to pick pick apart what she's not telling you, um, because that's probably going to be the hardest. And try to pick up on that. It's it's a really hard thing to to do. It's something I didn't do very well with. <laughs>
0: Are you guys doing anything like, I know you've talked about supplements you're taking. Are you guys both now doing that?
2: So I actually found, I, I've like researched, I feel like every supplement there's been, there's been on the market for conception and fertility and um, it, like vitamins. I've taken, Jen, the stuff that you sent me, that um, CM Fertile stuff. And I actually found it's like the number one conception uh, vitamin and supplement on Amazon. It's called EU Natural And they have a pack for men as well. And so John and I are both trying that out. We just started it.
0: So is this just bolstering your body with like vitamins and minerals? Is that what it is? So So sort of like a a prenatal on steroids? A prenatal (laughs) on steroids, but
2: it's
1: like for men too. That's what I love. It's like you're not leaving him out of the equation. He's going to be 42. Like his swimmers could probably use a pep talk. Maybe they're swimming backwards, John. We're in circles.
0: We um, took a left and went to Chick Fil A, right? Yes. <laughs> but um, but yeah, he so doesn't I'm think a,
1: we're funny. We yeah, think we're he funny. Doesn't. Just to be Sorry clear, to not
2: <laughs> but I'm ex I'm excited to see what you know that will do because I feel like I've tried a lot of things and this company kind of aligns with well, your holistic. Yeah, like my lifestyle yeah. and and ingredients that I choose to have. So I'm excited to, to check them out and see how it works.
0: Well, I want to say to you guys, to both of you. I know you've had, you've been on this roller coaster for a really long time now and watching, I feel like you, for both of you, I already knew that Kayla was this really nurturing sort of natural mother and John, it has been such a joy to watch the father that you are. I mean, we tease you about being very serious and showing a little emotion, but man, when it comes to that little girl, you have been just such an amazing dad. And I appreciate you so much for talking about this today and letting us, like, talk about your sperm. I mean, I remember when we talked to Cassie Wicks and Chuck popped on it. I remember how open he was about his story and how he had, he's like, I won! There's one! And they had to caffeinate him up! And I just (laughs) thought, like, how cool is that? You know, how cool is that to be open about it? The machismo that goes along with not wanting to talk about that and not wanting to talk about your piece in it and all that stuff. I just think it's so amazing that you're opening up about this and that you're letting us you know, be like, great. So how are your sperm, John? So, like, I mean,
3: <laughs> it really. I'm running at about 75% right now,
0: thanks. For- <laughs> <laughs> 75. Well, uh- We get our stuff talked about all the time. We have to, like, spread eagle on a table and, like, get stuff shoved yeah. up. Our, like, we have so all these. how
2: many eggs do you have? Like-
0: right. And so I think the more we can normalize, just everybody getting in on the conversation and knowing that infertility is incredibly common and knowing that it's incredibly common for it to be, you know, uh, some kind of a problem that many times can be helped on both sides is just going to help everybody. So thank you for letting us grill you about this.
3: (laughs) No problem. Thanks for having
0: me. I love talking about this because I know how much it means to people listening. And I hate talking about this because I know that talking about it makes you really confront how difficult it is, Kayla. And you are such a naturally positive person. You are so optimistic and you pick yourself up and you just keep going. And so it also kind of breaks my heart to like stop down and dig in on this, even though I know that you want to do it. Um,
2: I think I have to do it. There's so many people that can't put words to it. Yeah. And we have microphones. And so it's, part of our responsibility to talk about these things
0: well I don't know if some of our newer listeners know that when we started this podcast when we started the idea of this podcast when we decided to do it you didn't have a child yet when we actually aired our first episode you were pregnant that's right which was a happy surprise but we were three women one of whom was like had a bunch of kids already I was sort of thinking I was going to be like a one or two kid mom, Max, and you, yeah, I'm like, she's insane. And then I just keep having kids. And then you were in that phase of like, how do I get that first baby in my arms? Mm -hmm. And so it really, part of what's really cool about being here now is that you are now the mommy of a two year old, which is pretty cool.
2: Wow. We've been doing this for that long. Yeah.
0: What was it like for you hearing John talk about his side of things? Because if anybody knows John, he's not one to open up about his feelings. So the fact that he was able to sit down with us like that and really be vulnerable is a big deal for yeah, him. Yeah, I was really proud of him. Yeah, me too. Um,
2: it was kind of emotional because...
0: Yeah, no one could see, but you were yeah, bawling yeah. while he was talking. <laughs>
2: well, so here, here's the thing. And I'm just going to be really candid and honest just because I feel like there's so many people and different types of marriages that go through this. And my husband is fantastic, but he's not an emotionally available man. And so going through this journey is extremely isolating. And I'm not saying that to put him down at all, but it's just he's so he compartmentalizes so much. And so when he does feel it and he doesn't share it and he doesn't open up and he doesn't always acknowledge everything that I'm going through. So I feel alone a lot. And so watching him like, talk about it and say, like, oh, I'm going through it, I'm going through it, it's it's hard because it's such a hard thing. And I and I want to say this out loud because I know there's a lot of people that are married to amazing men that aren't always emotionally available. And this is such a hard journey to go through when you're married to that type of personality. And not saying that he's not there for me, but, like, it is, it does make it a little bit harder because not every man is equipped to be this, like <laughs> – You know, like emotionally on romantic, thoughtful, like, but he's also making sure all of our bills are paid and like everything is like the ship keeps running. You know, that's his.
0: I do think that it has to be hard to be on that side of things because you almost feel like you're not allowed to be the one having a hard time. I
2: think because you the guy you mean? Yeah. 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 I
0: I mean, I think it's like I need to be here for my wife and it does make you even if you are an emotionally available partner. Yeah, um, I think it could be really hard to feel like you need to talk about your feelings at a time when someone's going through the actual physical act of a miscarriage or yeah. the actual physical act of like trying to get pregnant and or being on hormones for IVF. It's almost like this isn't valid.
2: You don't feel worthy enough like of your feelings. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, it's funny saying that because I this is a, a different aspect, but I sometimes in the past when I've miscarried it and I'm not far enough along, I'm like, okay, I shouldn't be that upset. I wasn't that far along. And Corey, you're the one that told me, like, it doesn't matter if you know for a day, like, you're worthy yeah. of that pain. Yeah. And I think the same thing applies to men. It doesn't matter if it's not your body, it's your baby. That's right. right. And I think people forget that a you lot. You
0: still fall yeah. in love with the expectation of that child. Yeah. And it's really, I've heard so many women, when I opened up about the loss that I had, there were so many people that were like messaging me privately saying, you know, I peed on a stick and that same day I started bleeding. Like the same day I got a positive pregnancy test. And it was those people who were sometimes like hurting so much because they felt like, well, it was just a few hours. Right. So I'm not allowed to feel that pain. But the truth is that everyone's pain is valid, including the partners. Right. I I loved what John said about feeling like you're out of control because it is like I can't. Control what I put into the body that's the vessel for my child. I can't be the one to give myself these shots. I can't be the one who makes the decision of whether or not I'm ready to try to get pregnant after another loss. I'm not the one who can decide I'm ready after the hormonal ride or after my periods have been weird or after I've peed on a thousand sticks. Like there is a lack of control that I would imagine is kind of maddening in that.
2: Well, so I will say, I mean, gosh, it's been seven years i've been on this journey yeah and and it's a journey of i I will say my journey is a blend of infertility and pregnancy loss because there is like such a difference between the two um
0: well i think that pregnancy loss is a part of infertility uh, right
2: it, it, it is a part of it um but like there it's a different type of pain like peeing on a like last month I told you guys I peed on seventeen sticks. Yeah. And here to find out I had a faulty box of like pregnancy tests. But um Which company was that? Which come was- on, Clear Blue, get it, no. get it together. Get it together. And awful. I I will say the how I found out was I just texted you guys this is I took one of the last sticks and I was getting ready to throw the box away because I was like oh my gosh all of these sticks were coming back with a And they were all online. in date right they were all in date yeah. I was reading them all within five minutes and I sh- I was taking pictures and showing them to you guys because oh, but they weren't me. expired That's right they weren't, they weren't oh expired. well I ordered it off of Amazon like from like and I order tests off of Amazon all yeah. the time. Um, but they were all coming back with, like, these super faint... Um, positives. Positives. But those lines were still there. Yep. And I will say, in the past, I've never had a false positive. Ever, ever, ever. It's always yeah. been, like, oh, you're having a good Well, because HCG should have to right. show yeah, up for it, that line to appear. And so, appear. Yeah. it was just, like, crazy. I was having all these positives with clear blue, and then I would go and take another test, like, from first response or, like, um, an early detector test or something, and they'd be all negative. And then, then I would start my period... Because part of my journey is I have to test every month so that I can get on lovenox and progesterone early. Um, well, wait,
1: tell our listeners what you decided to do as a little. Okay, blind oh yeah, field yeah, yeah. Test. So,
2: so, so I was throwing this box away because I had nothing but positive tests in it the past two. Well, it's been two months now two that cycles. Yeah, two cycles that I've been using this box, and um, <laughs> <laughs> so I had two tests left, and I thought, you know what, like I. I'm at my ovulation point, so I'm not even close to, like, testing for positive or whatever. But I was like, I'm just going to throw this box away because it's just, like, bad juju, good riddance to this box of tests. And so I peed on a stick, and then I took the other stick, and I dipped it in Loxley's potty, <laughs> um, like, because she's potty training. And they both came back positive. And oh, I'm like, gosh. what the heck? Like, there's something going. So anyways.
1: Kayla, I know the, the one thing we've talked about a couple different times is that— you guys have never done IVF. I know you've gotten ready to do IVF when you're getting pre- when you got pregnant with Loxley. So is that something that you're looking at now very seriously, right? Well,
2: we were actually looking into immunotherapy when we got pregnant with Loxley, which is the, the step before IVF, which is where we go to Mexico or Canada because it's not legal in the states because clinics were honestly just losing money because IVF is more lucrative. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but that's a whole other. (laughs) That's a whole other podcast. Well, and we had talked about trying to find you a uterus. Mm
0: -hmm. We've talked about these different things. But right now you are on a path of like. So
2: we're doing, yeah. So we're on a path of IVF. And here's the point that the turning point that we're at. We're in the very beginning stages and we will be doing IVF. I still don't know if it, if it will be IVF with my body or somebody else's. And so right. they're considering just, surrogacy. I, yeah, I think, I think I have to, at this point, just have an open mind, um, to let a little bit go of that control that it can't be my way. Um, which is probably the hardest thing because I, I mean, it kills me that I can't keep a baby safe in my body. Like, and you, ha- you
1: can't <laughs> look at it like that. I know you do, but that's such a, it's so it's so heavy.
2: It it feels heavy though. And so yeah. like I want to put words to it. That's exactly how it feels. And I'm I'm sure there's a lot of people that feel that way. I feel like my body is a death trap for babies. <laughs> I mean, I I
0: think that's why it's good that you guys are digging into this more that John's going to be tested that you guys are really having the control in a doctor setting versus you feeling like you're the one because the truth is that you can't do anything different, right? But doctors in a lab can. And so that's where you get to remove the guilt. Because it's not your fault, Kayla. And I hope everybody listening, it breaks my heart to hear you say that more than anything, because (sighs) I know that's how you actually feel. But your body grew that perfect little girl. Your body knows how to do it when it's the right baby and it's the right fertilized egg and it's the right environment and all those things. There's nothing wrong with what you've done and that's so important for you and anyone listening who's going through it to remember this is where women put it on themselves in such a heavy way that is it's almost impossible not to. Yeah. I'm but it's also not fair to you, to Kayla. Well, it's not it's not I, fair to yourself. I
2: feel like in the past we weren't quite ready for IVF because I've been told because I have factor five Leiden and one of the issues with having that is reoccurrent miscarriages. And so in my mind, they've always said, well, we can do IVF, but you know, there's a high chance that we'll have to do several rounds. And so in my mind, I thought, what's worse than a miscarriage? A 20000 dollars miscarriage. And right, I yeah. and like the I, pressure I, is high too. Yeah. And so, but now I just feel like I'm at a point that uh, I don't think I'm running out of time. I'm 34 years old. John is 42, or he'll he will be 42 next month. And so I only say that because I feel like age, sometimes I feel like people get freaked out. So my caught up with caught up with age. Yeah. So it's like we're not spring chickens, but like we're not also like, I don't know, we're we're okay. We're in decent age range. But like at this point, we've been trying for so long. Like I said earlier, I'm ready to get back to me. So I don't want that responsibility on my shoulders anymore. I just want to be like, all right, doctors, what can you do? Like,
1: take my money. Get me a baby. So wh- whether you physically carry mm-hmm. your next baby or someone else does, the most important thing in the world is getting your body and mind healthy. And yeah. so what are you doing for you to help prepare your body, whether it's to carry a baby or whether it's to attempt to go through a, a round of, I guess it's, is it, is it IVF to extract an egg for yeah, a surrogate? So, is that the same, is that the same process?
2: Um. yeah. It's the same. It just gets implanted
1: in the surgery. Yes.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, so what are you doing to help, for, like, for you? Like mentally, me? and yeah, physically. mentally and um, physically. Well, <laughs> I mean, I will give a shout out to Stephanie Sanzo because I've been doing her program again. I love her. Uh, and yeah. honestly, I feel so good on her program. And so, and <laughs> this is not even a plug for her. I just, like, genuinely, <laughs> like, love her and her program. Um, so I do that. Um, honestly, you guys, I mean, I don't, mm-hmm. I do I feel like also talking about it on social platforms and hearing so many people say you're helping me is a huge thing for the mental support, you know, Well, I think the
0: more you open up, the more you steal the power from like the yuckiness of it. Yeah, Yeah.
2: And actually, I, I told you guys, the vitamin company that I started using the EU natural, they actually have an online Facebook group. And it's really cool. It's like Hundreds of women going through the same thing, and a lot of them have had success from EU Natural. So, hopefully, um, a little bit of that can shine on me. But it's the stories are just like heart wrenching. So, I think finding online communities if you don't have a cir- if you don't have a circle because fortunately we have this amazing mom tribe like friend group in real life. But I don't think that is everyone's scenario. So, I feel like. I don't know. Support is, is important. Through, support, Like just support. So if you don't have friends in your life, find an online community because they're like out there and they're pretty amazing. But so support, exercise. I actually like cut out alcohol and caffeine and just really focused on counting my macros and making sure I'm intuitively eating to, to get exactly what I need. But I'm also not depriving myself of anything. I'm just trying to... Control what you can control. Yeah, but also just like make my body like mom strong. Like yeah. Give my baby like the best chance by like making my body as healthy and strong as possible. Not worrying about my weight aspect of it. Not worrying about anything else other than, hey, I'm going to control like, what i put into it. I'm going to control the activities i do. Yeah. You know, i'm going to keep my heart rate healthy. I'm going to keep my blood pumping. I'm going to keep my blood pressure down because y'all know i have high blood pressure. Um <laughs> and so i feel like doing those things um and keeping my mentality just in a healthy like checkpoint. I think that's all helping, but it's still hard. Like i can do i can check all of those boxes and still at the end of the day just be a mess and struggle with it because there's not much you can do to defeat the hormonal shift. Of when you're going through this,
0: that's so true. And it's so important to remember that you're only in so much control of the way that you feel and the way that you act Yeah, because hormones dictate pretty much everything.
2: But acknowledging that those feelings are out there. And I, yeah. I and I guess this is where I say like, I'm done with this journey in the sense that how many times have I told you guys like, Oh my gosh, I'm having this day. I'm hormonal, I'm hormonal, I'm hormonal. I am so tired of that. Like yeah. I just, if I'm hormonal, I better be pregnant or right, you know right.
0: like let's make it worth it come let's on let's make it
2: worth it yes yeah. so yeah. um yeah i guess that's that's where i am though that's what i'm doing
0: well i think that's great advice for other women too it's like you know take care of you as much as you can and it really is such a tricky conundrum to be on this infertility journey because what they say is like reduce stress in your life but the most stressful thing in the world is to sex which is supposed to be fun oh my God. yes yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. The idea that sex can be fun when you're I, trying to make a I'm baby. Like you're itching yourself. you are like breaking in hives. No. <laughs> I know. Uh, well, I think that's part of it is like lowering our expectations for what that's gonna be like on this journey too, because it's not gonna be fun. It's gonna feel like a duty to everyone. And yeah. I mean, I think that sometimes there's more pressure on the man where it's like, okay, make that deposit, babe.
2: I love it. I've said that to John. I'm like, hey, eh, you need to make a deposit this week. Oh my like, god.
0: Well, it's stressful all the way around. So I think it's like to believe that it's not going to be is like almost doing yourself a disservice. You just have to know
2: it sucks and like go and like go into it knowing that it's going to be worth it though. Because Loxley's like the greatest thing in our life,
0: and you are the greatest mom
2: Uh, of a mom mom of one.
1: A great mom of one, as we said. A great mom of two and a pretty decent mom of three. So-so. So-so mom 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 of three. three. Yeah, hi. Raising my hand over here. Corey's journey there.
0: Well, we are going to just... I'm just going to continue to drop a bunch of baby stuff at your house and get that good juju going. So that's my plan, is I'm going to just, like, fill your house with stuff that makes you ready for a baby, because it worked last time.
2: You know what's crazy? And I, like, I I will say, (laughs) this does sound crazy, when... Before we found out we were pregnant with Loxley, we bought a house and we bought the house when I walked into what is now her nursery. And I said, Jonathan, we're going to bring a baby home in this room. Uh, I like, I think I've told you 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 that before. Like, and, and I didn't necessarily love the house. I knew John did, but I was like, eh, it's a house. Like we'll be here for a few years. Like I don't hold like too much attachment to like materialistic things like that. But I was like, I walked into that room and I was like, this is going to be the nursery. We're going to bring a baby home. And so what's crazy is part of me, trying to stay positive is I've not wanted to move Loxley's room. Cause it's like, that's her nursery. But at the same time she needs a big girl bed and like, we kind of need to, to do some transition. So we probably want to move her to the other side so that a nursery and a Jack and Jill and then the guest bedrooms alone. But I already have like a nursery planned and I don't know why I think I'm going to have another girl. Like I just, and yeah. I want a little boy, like how perfect would that? Oh cute. a boy and a girl. Like, <laughs> mm. but like I'll take whatever, but I already have, another girl nursery planned out and Aww. I'm just like going to keep I like, and I, and I say that because keep
1: visualizing.
2: Yeah, visual, yeah. Like the re yeah. The reason I'm lengthy with that is because I think it's important when you're on these journeys to visualize like
0: yeah.
2: what, what you want and how you see it. And even if, you know, I have to paint the room a different color cause we end up having a boy or, or then two great. Boys. That's or great. good problems. Yeah, great. Like I would, I welcome those problems, you know, that's not yeah. a problem. I welcome those changes. I welcome the lack of control on that. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think it's just important to, even if it's not happening, just to to tell yourself that it will happen and try not to lose that that hope and faith. There was
0: a moment when you couldn't ever imagine having that first baby and it happened.
2: Yeah. I was tired of, and I know there's probably a lot of people feel this way, I was tired of being the fun aunt. Because I'm a really good fun aunt and I'm still a fun aunt, but... I hated the way, and not that this is a bad way for people to look at you, but in my heart, I felt so different. I hated when people looked at me and they'd say, oh, do you have kids? And I would say, no. And then I'm like, I'm the fun aunt. And then I hated that I wasn't in that club, like when yeah. I would meet another mom. Because in my heart, like I wanted to be in that mom club so bad like y'all know well I and the miscarriage club is
0: not a great club the you know miscarriage it's like the worst i club. think it's good to know that so many women go through it or but it's also like, the, like
2: and like just like even if you can't get pregnant and you're just peeing on sticks like yeah. every month after month after month like that's right. not a fun club right when your heart is a mom
0: yeah oh <sighs> well we love you and, and we you. got a puppy and you got oh a puppy so yeah why you're pregnant that's <laughs> right just got a puppy okay well make it
1: happen get a puppy
0: <laughs> just make your life as complicated as possible <laughs> we might as
1: well move while yes, we're at it right a houses, you probably should start a new job maybe oh get god. divorced <laughs> who knows yeah All those life things. oh my god <laughs> I, love I love you girls i love you too. too
0: thank you for continuing to be like just so open oh, about your journey
1: also, oh you have a coupon code for your
2: oh, if, you yeah. want your, if um, anybody your wants to tr- so i am on week one of eu natural if any, and we're taking conception. John has conception for men, has zinc and <laughs> folate. But um, I understand
0: they have a whole line for everything. They have a whole everything. line for like everything. Yeah. So, I can't wait to check um, out the whole line.
2: I'll, I'll do a swipe up link and you can go to eunatural.com and it the code is hi. My name is mom20 and you get 20% off. That's,
0: That's awesome. awesome please reach out to us. Come follow us on Patreon and we can't wait to be back with you guys
2: for season four. And I'll be pregnant. Yes, i am just going to like cross my fingers right now. I'm going to be pregnant. If you were listening four. to this, if you would just put a little thought into the universe Everyone, that Kayla's going to be no, pregnant for, for me. season four. Screw the universe. Say a prayer. <laughs>
0: Jesus is better. You know that's my version of prayer. <laughs> so, yeah, version yeah. smersion. She's got your back. Say
2: some prayers. Give me some Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> we clearly you know, have different beliefs. You have beliefs. made her very uncomfortable. It's time yeah. to uh, off.
0: Are you kidding? I grew up in the Baptist church. You uh, can't make me uncomfortable oh, talking about prayer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We love you guys so much. Thanks for listening today. And please um, just put some good vibes out there and some prayers.
1: Prayers. Prayers. Bye, guys. (laughs) Today's episode is brought to you from The Russell, a historic East Nashville boutique hotel whose mission is to give back to the Nashville community. As of 2021, Mission Hotels have donated over 100,000 meals, showers, beds, and supplies to those experiencing homelessness in Nashville. Visit missionhotels.com to book your experience today.
0: Your name is Mom.